0: Uh, 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 happy Halloween <laughs> Come on, can't do it. <laughs> it's Halloween weekend happy Halloween everyone I have a very very special episode for you I'm so so freaking excited I love Halloween and I've been looking forward to this episode for so long I asked Some of my lovely listeners, to bring me their scary paranormal experiences, their ghost tales, and boy, did they deliver. Oh, my God, I had so many amazing submissions, and I wish this episode could be four hours long, but no one has that kind of attention span. But who knows? If you like this, we could bring you more of this. Let me know. But I have three very scary tales for you coming for you right now to buckle up I hope you're not too scared but enjoy everyone and away we go all right everyone so this story comes from my brother actually my brother Rocky and this story is really scary actually because he actually was touched by a ghost (laughs) I know that's terrifying, but he was photographing a condo and ended up being scratched by a spirit. Yikes. So please welcome Rocky. Tell everyone what the fuck happened.
1: Well, hello. As (laughs) she said, my name is Rocky. I'm I'm the youngest of the Maloney clan. I'm a real estate photographer in Park City, Utah. I've been doing real estate photography for about nine years now. This story has two occurrences, one about six years ago, the other I would say three and a half, four years ago. So it was at this old hotel in Park City. It was originally built for the miners days and kind of a a home to house all the miners. In 1918-ish, it turned into a temporary hospital for the flu epidemic that happened. And then went back to being a brothel slash housing for the miners. The whole thing with this story is there's a ghost named Lizzie. Lizzie was a prostitute. Her husband did not know, and he found her and another man in this specific room and decided to shoot them with a shotgun. Lizzie is known to attract men with, or be attracted to, excuse me, with men with beards and long hair and stuff like that so it was kind of you know i obviously we're a hairy family i'm a i have a big b and lots of hair so the the whole story started out the first time i photographed it was right when the home was being what's well, a home there's on the bottom level it's commercial and the top is three stories of residential living they turned it into one big home as park city does you know multi-million dollar stuff but so the original story started when the house was first being under construction. I was alone shooting in the home, and I heard doors closing, and I heard a lady's voice a few times and just kind of ignored it. It was one of those things that, you know, you just, things happen. And then I was up in this specific room. It was off the master bedroom. It was the master bathroom that was being constructed, and I heard a lady whisper in my ear. I can't remember what she said but it was so vivid, I flipped around immediately. And I thought someone was there. It was so clear and just, uh, that was specific. And then I heard the door slam and and looked out and there was a contractor and he walked up the stairs and we had a conversation and I told him what I was experiencing, he's like, oh yeah, that's Lizzie. Like he knew instantly, like yeah, that's her, she's here. Yeah, she's always been around so after that i was like oh, that's kind of strange you know so flash forward another three years i get a job order to photograph this same place and instantly i remember i texted the you katie i was like i think i remember telling you what happened i'm going back to shoot this place and i have weird vibes so yeah i went on with about it i remember getting there And just having an eerie vibe i was in the bottom level and i felt dizzy i felt i just felt off just something was strange and once again i was by myself in this big home like you just feel eerie already so i decided to turn on music because that's kind of what i do i remember specifically grateful dead i turned on pandora and i was just walking around had a good vibe for the most part and then all of a sudden i got right back into that same exact bathroom I remember walking in there and just feeling like the whole energy just shifted. It just was, it was weird. For people that don't believe, it's hard to explain. It's one of those things that it's like a magnetic, your hair stands up everywhere, and you just Mm -hmm. feel that almost someone's watching you. kind of vibe. you know, something's there.
0: Like you're not alone.
1: You're not alone. And I, I could hear the same doors closing, lights actually went on and off. I would turn lights on, they would go off. And I remember playing the music because I just didn't wanna hear anything. I didn't wanna hear that lady's voice again in my ear. I remember it was just, it freaked me out so much. So I was in the master bathroom and this is a big, beautiful, luxurious, it's you know, bigger than a New York condo bathroom you know, that's walk in the shower. That's, you know, 10 by 10. So I was in the shower. I remember I opened the door. There's nothing around me, nothing that I can touch, nothing that can be near me, nothing that I can run into. And I bend over my cameras on the tripod. I bend over to take a photo. And I feel like it's like a attack or a bee, a sting just on the side of my chest. Just And all of a sudden it was like a burning. I was just like, I lifted up immediately. I was just like, Oh, that was, that was weird, all right, whatever, you know, I'm kind of put that off, like no big deal. Bend over again, 10 seconds laughter, the same thing happens. I feel this instant like shock in my, the side of my left chest. My hair standing on my, on my end right now thinking about it. I'm, Cause I remember like this whole instance, I remember like I was putting this music on just to just kind of drown out everything. And I feel like she was pissed that I wasn't listening to her. Oh. And so she was doing whatever it could to get my attention or whatever she could to do, get my attention. And I remember right after that, I left my camera up in the bathroom and I ran downstairs to the owners. They were in the commercial level and I had previously told them about my experience. And I went to the bathroom and lifted up my shirt and there was three scratches down the side of my left chest, like Just <laughs> three. And they grew like from when I lift up my shirt, they got more and more intense I was talking to the girls, you know, they were looking at it like, oh my God, that's crazy. And then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, they were gone. So I went back up to get my camera and I felt like I was going to pass out. It was one of those things that you, it's so hard to explain. It's an intense rush into your head where you almost get tunnel vision. You start to spin a little bit. Everything just, you start to sweat Mm-hmm. And your hair is standing up. everything You just feel the most uncomfortable you've ever felt in your life. There's nothing you can do about it. Looking back on it, like I remember actually after that, I texted you and you, you told me she was pissed off because you weren't listening to her. You didn't give her the time. I remember you said that. Mm-hmm. And now looking back on it, it's like, yeah, she stuck there and she just wants men. And it's, it was such an experience. And I, I I've, I've told my wife about it and she's like, Oh, we got to go back there and stay there and see what happens. And Are I don't you know. Kidding? How I ever, yeah. And it's funny. Cause that's like a, it's a big, it's a big luxurious hotel on the middle of main street in park city. And you know, a lot of people coming to park city don't expect that kind of stuff, but. There's a lot of things out there. And that's if you Google Park City ghost tours, there's a big thing, as you know, they they take you around different spots. And this is actually one of the main attractions of that tour because of Lizzie and the whole...
0: I don't think Lizzie would be very happy if you went there and brought your wife. She might be even more active and do more crazy things.
1: And I actually, I messaged Ghost Adventures about it. I told them my story and I sent my photo. I actually, I have a photo I can send you of, the actual scratches, you know, they're not scars. They're not there anymore, but it's very prominent scratches.
0: There's a there's a lot of haunted places on Main Street. Quicksilver, where I worked, was um, a haunted place. There would be all kinds of activity there at nighttime and... The closers would talk about hearing hangers upstairs and the one room where the old kitchen was, was always cold. No matter what, there's no air conditioning in park city. It's not, we don't have enough summertime to to justify having air conditioning in any of the buildings, but it would always be very cold in one of the rooms. The shoe storage room was always oddly cold. All right. Time for a little bit of a pause. We're going to talk about, skincare specifically the skin on our body because we often neglect that and we really shouldn't we got to take care of it just as we do the skin on our face and one of my favorite skincare lines is Osea they've been making amazing products skincare for the body They also make it for the face, but they've been making incredible products for over 25 years. They have award-winning cleansers, serums, face moisturizers, but they are known for creating amazing body products like their famous Andaria Algae Body Oil. That is like liquid gold. I love it. Their packaging is beautiful. These glass bottles look fantastic on your counter, in your shower. I love to use the Andaria Algae Body Oil when I get out of the shower, when my skin is nice and warm still. It soaks in like nothing else. I replace my moisturizers even with it. If you are like a body lotion person, I'm telling you, switch to body oil. You will never look back. It's been one of Victoria Beckham's favorite body oils for years, and you will be obsessed with it too. It doesn't leave your skin greasy or oily. It just leaves your skin nourished and glowing. It smells fantastic. Um, Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, created with sustainably sourced seaweed and made in California, so you'll feel good about what you're putting on your skin. So experience your new favorite clean skincare with a special discount just for my listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code LOVEME at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over 50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. So go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code LOVEME. Okay, let's get back to the podcast.
2: From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline
3: Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune in to Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode.
1: Quick flash forward while you mentioned that. I was shooting a home in Heber City where we live now. And there's a basement, a dungeon almost. You walk down in there, and you have to duck your head in. It was midsummer, hundred degrees out. and I flipped on I walked down there, flipped on the lights, and instantly I could see my breath., Ooh. it was freezing cold. And, and i I got out of there pretty quick,
0: you know, you have to go into a lot of homes to shoot them. so you like, I mean, you never know, and like there's a lot of you know, homes that do have spirit that have activity in them. So, I mean, how often do you go into a home and have a feeling like that?
1: It's interesting. Cause I can walk into a property and instantly feel the vibe of what's going on in that house. What's happened. And it's, it's one of those things like you can feel uncomfortable or you can feel the most comfortable and buying a home. You, you want to walk in and feel comfortable. But you walk into certain places and there's just an eerie feeling, especially when I'm doing night shoots, like twilight shoots, and I have to turn off all the lights by myself. And it's (laughs) one of those things that's like, it's just hopes And that's why I listen to music because it drowns out those subtle, weird sounds that you might hear, voices and stints in that case. But it's-
0: it's I wish you could remember what Lizzie said to you in your ear.
1: It was something about who are you, or like very yeah, subtle, high, like or it was right. It was right behind my left ear. I remember it was behind my left ear. I was just like, that's not cool. but it was right there.
0: Was it like a seductive sort of like whispery kind of thing?
1: Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. It wasn't like oh hey, what's going on. It was a like it was a very yeah. That's a good way to put it. Seductive kind of way to talk and I don't know that could be just the spirit that could be her but it was very prominent and I wish I remembered what she said but I now that I say I wouldn't go back there I kind of want to now that we're talking about it again and just record and just see go there and experience what might happen I probably couldn't go there with Lindsay I'd have to go by myself
0: maybe yeah bring like a little bit of something with you for protection something but for everyone that's listening i like rocky has the picture so we'll make sure i post it or i'll make sure i post it so you guys can see like it is it's not like a is that a scratch no it's an obvious obvious mark on his body and it looks painful
1: (laughs) it went from nothing to a like big scratch within five minutes
0: It went from like nothing on his body when he walked in to a very obvious something and then back to nothing.
1: Yeah. And not only that, it was just like the, like, like we were talking about the nausea, the cloudiness in the head. You couldn't think straight being in there. It was very thick. I want to say, you know, you couldn't have straight thoughts. It was like, I've been doing real estate photography period for a long time and it was like hard to do with photography.
0: But that's what they see about like energy. It's tangible. It's, it doesn't just go away.
1: So. Yeah, it definitely, it will take everything from you. And, and another weird thing is my batteries on my camera drained. Very. Oh. Quickly. That's another thing I really didn't talk about those drained and I have two, I have a battery pack, so I have two batteries. So that should last, you know, a long, like weeks. And those lasted probably, you know, that shoot. So wow, it's weird things that happen with with energy and spirits and like, you know, Joey, our brother, he doesn't believe in us. He thinks we're crazy.
0: Me, you, and mom.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say after people listen to my story, our, they're gonna think our family's crazy.
0: It's okay, we're we're weirdos, but thank you, Rocky, so much for sharing
1: that thank you i appreciate it it's always good to talk to you and see you
0: yeah all right so this story is coming from melissa from seattle washington and i mean this story is wow so it involves a cemetery spirits or ghosts of men in uniforms and i think an act of chivalry we could call it, and some crazy dreams. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast and sharing this story. I know it's unlike any other stories, but welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
3: So this story happened when I moved to a small island in Washington called Whidbey Island. And I moved there with my boyfriend at the time who was in the Navy and he was restationed. So instead of breaking up, I decided to go with him and we were going to give the family unit a shot, right? 22 years old, so I was still fairly young. This was about 10 years ago. And I knew nobody on the whole island. So I was just completely starting my life over. So he was going into work. So he was able to make friends pretty easily because you go in and you meet your unit, but just got really into the heavy drinking scene that comes along with being in the Navy at some times. So that made our relationship very chaotic because he would get very drunk and sometimes scary and violent at times. And the apartment we lived in was very small. It was maybe 700 square feet. So there's really nowhere for me to go in these situations when this happened. So I found out very quickly after moving in there that there was this beautiful cemetery behind the apartment. And I'm from Southern California originally, so this was also the first time I had seen a blooming cherry blossom tree, which this cemetery had many, which if you've ever seen them, they're beautiful. So I was just taken aback by the way that it looked in general. And as I was walking through the cemetery during these moments, I was obviously very sad you know, crying at some times and things like that. And I was drawn to a certain part of the cemetery that had, you know, like angel figurines and, you know, large, large headstones and things like that. And it ended up being the World War II section of the cemetery.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And each headstone would have a little story about what happened to each person, not details, but you know, where at what they were stationed or or something like that. And a little bit of you know, a story about who they were. And I got, you know, that would be like my ease point of de-stressing as I would just go read these gentlemen's headstones and something a little bit strange start to happen when I started to go home after this. So it started with just me on the couch, folding laundry. And I just saw a man walk by me in a uniform very fast. Ooh. <laughs> and... I didn't think anything of it at the time. I thought maybe I'm just tripping, you know, <laughs> like what the heck was that? And then my boyfriend at the time comes out of our bedroom. He goes, did you just see a guy walk down the hall? And I'm like, oh yeah, well, yeah, I did just see a guy walk down the hall. Like, holy crap, this just happened. It was confirmed. Both of us are seeing this gentleman walk through the, through our house, right? I wasn't scared. Like it wasn't like a scary feeling for me. He was definitely scared.
0: <laughs> I would be terrified. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know why, but it was like a, it was a peaceful feeling for me. I personally was not scared of that. So I started, this is when the dreams started happening. So we started seeing the figurines or the people, gentlemen in different uniforms walking through our home. And I started to have these dreams after I would come back from the cemetery. The most notable one that stands out is, um, I was in World War II and these were all dreams of different ways that I believe these men died in World War II that I was seeing their headstones. So the first dream is me in occupied Poland. I'm on a scouting mission and mind you, I have no idea what Poland looks like. I have no idea what it would look like in that time frame. I have absolutely no way of knowing what I'm seeing you know, through this vision right. apparently. So I'm on a scouting mission. I'm on a second or third story of an arched building and we are, it's frozen, completely frozen on the top. And we are peeking over just this small vantage point And we are watching Nazis come through the center of the town with tanks behind them. And they're going into each house and just ripping these people out of their house and just essentially pillaging, just robbing everything of value. And if anybody fought, then they would just blow that. The tank would just poof, missile or uh, shell, just blow it up. And the thing that I couldn't get over is the sound. Like the sound was just so crazy. You could just like, it could feel it vibrating my body every time a shell hit these buildings. And all of a sudden I lose my footing and I slide off. And my people are trying to catch me and I fall to the ground and I'm in like snow. So I'm not hurt, but I'm freaking the F out because I'm about to get caught because there's Nazis everywhere. And I am a scout. I am not supposed to be seen at all, right? So I'm trying to, pushing the snow out everywhere, trying to find somewhere to hide. And I find this wooden latch and I just open it and it seems to be a cellar. So I go down into the cellar, close the latch, and there is a family already hiding down there. And I just start freaking out. I don't know how I can communicate with them. Cause I, but I, in my, from my perspective, I'm not a Nazi, I'm not a Nazi scout. I'm here to save you, like, just go over here. And I look over to the right and there's a small storage uh, closet in the cellar where, you know, like a broom closet size. And it was a family of five, the two parents, two small children and a teenage daughter. So I tell them, get behind me. I don't have any weapons because I'm a scout. I just have this little tiny gun that's all around my ankle. And we hear the Nazis kick in their front door. And so I'm getting them in this little storage closet and I'm crouched down with it, you know, open about two inches. in what you would now think of like a thought squat, like (laughs) crouched down like that, (laughs) And just pointing my gun up like this, just cracked the door. And then as soon as they go to, open, the Nazis hit that cellar door, I shoot. And then, boom, a huge shell comes over me and just takes out the top of the building. And that's when I wake up and the noise, the, the sound was so incredibly intense and massive that when I woke up, I woke up screaming and then I couldn't hear for hours after I woke up. It was just ringing in my ears. That's the one that really stuck with me. And I literally pull from that like a memory in my life. Like if I ever have to be in a situation where I feel like, you know what? I just got to go for it. I just got to do this. Like It's like a, a... a memory that I can pull like strength from almost like that's how real this was for me. It wasn't a dream. It's a memory.
0: Time for a quick pause. So one of my favorite things to do to unwind from the day is to play a game on my phone. I love, I love playing games on my phone and I love match three games. They're just the best way for me to turn my brain off and unwind from the day. But something that's always missing is just to be able to fully immerse myself in the game. (laughs) And what better way to do that is if there was also like a story and like a world I could slip into with the match three game. And I have found that with a new game called Switchcraft, it's a mobile game with a unique blend of TV worthy writing, choose your own adventure style, and thousands of magical match three levels. And I say magical because it is like a whole witch themed game. And it has all these different characters that are super diverse. We were talking like LGBTQI characters. I mean, and with thousands of levels, it feels virtually endless. So I can't put it down. I can't stop. The visual aspect of it all is really beautiful. It is very like graphic novel worthy style is choose your adventure. So you meet characters along the way. You take on the role of a witch at Pendle Hill, which is the world's top academy of witchcraft. And it starts with the disappearance of your best friend. So now you have to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical match three skills. So you're playing all these like levels and then you meet these characters and you cast spells and you have to figure out what happened to your friend and you have these like visions along the way. There is this whole like story line that you're following, this whole narrative along while playing this game. So it's very like interactive. It's super, super fun. I love it. It's also a free game. So it's, it's really, really fun. So download Switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery. All right, let's get back to the podcast.
3: The second one, the second dream that really freaked people out, and this is when my ex and all of his unit got involved in this as well, is I was uh, in a flying a P-51 Mustang and I, I crashed and got shot down and crashed. And I woke up and I told him, and this is what he did in, in the service. He was an avionics electrician. So they have access to endless amounts of information about the cockpits and things like that. So they brought home a book that just had cockpit pictures and they put electrical tape over all of the labels. And then like all the guys came, they're like, pick out the P 51 Mustang. Like we need to know if this is happening right now. And within five minutes I picked out the P 51 Mustang and I told them how to start it. And they all are like freaking out, jumping around because how do I know this? There's no way I should know this, you know? So now other people are involved in freaking out in this whole situation, you know, it did calm things down in our household for a while because it gave us something to focus on. But eventually, you know, people who have drinking issues, it usually rears its ugly head at some point. So the very last time that he got blackout drunk and it got very, very scary and violent with me. I think every woman's gone through this or maybe every person in their life. When you, something happens to you, you just go numb. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you're not mad anymore. You're not upset anymore. There's no more tears left to cry. You're just numb. So I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, which faces the doorway to our room. He's blackout, knocked out drunk. And I see the dark figures right at my doorway. And I've seen these dark figures all over my house before. And in other situations, I would just tell them I'm fine. You guys don't need to be here. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm okay. You know, thank you for being here, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. This was not that day. (laughs) This is the day that I was numb. Mm -hmm. And this is the day that I got up and I walked through those dark figures and basically said, have at it. Oh, And I walked out and laid on the couch, kind of nursing my wounds because he had just thrown me over a dresser and I was just kind of trying to figure out what was hurt on me. Cause like I said, it, you're just numb. And I hear him start to scream from the room that something's something hit him and something's grabbing him. Oh, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
3: most ornery part of me just laughed. I just laughed cause I like have no, I have nothing left for you right now. Like you just literally literally thought you broke my arm. Like, cause you just threw me so hard over something. This man's twice my size that I'm like, okay, if it takes these wonderful, chivalrous, amazing ghosts to <laughs> just knock some sense into you, I guess that's what needs to happen. But I feel like there's a whole other reason why they were showing me, you know, the different ways that they would, they were dying was for me to have gut checks with my own mortality mm-hmm. and to realize that this situation is one that could be my demise and could be my end. And so they're my heroes, they're my heroes to this day. And the next day I called my little brother and came, my big little brother came and mm-hmm. packed me up and we were out.
0: That is incredible. I mean, what happened to you is awful, but I mean, just like, I just can't believe like you had these like heroes in the form of ghosts and they were showing you like these things through your dreams. Like that is just unreal. I feel like men of that era,
3: like- That's what they would do. Like you just don't walk by a woman crying and you say, what is wrong, ma'am?" And that's the energy I was feeling. That's why I was almost, I was never really scared. I mean, I was tripped out. But one thing it really did was it made me realize like, wow, there is a a lot of other realms Mm -hmm. or things that we do not have like an understanding or a comprehension of. And it led me into my life's work. So they mm-hmm. quite literally, this situation led me into owning a research company for psychedelics and things like that and all of that stuff. So, I mean, they 100% changed my life and then we memorialized them with the tattoo. Oh, wow.
0: What is this? Can you tell it's what your P- tattoo is? It's a P51 Mustang for my heroes. Did you ever like try or did you ever think to investigate into some of the... I mean, I know it's, it's probably would be a, a lot of work to investigate and research some of the fallen heroes there to find out maybe like who they were and the ones so that were there I, for you. Yeah, so
3: I, I did try to look into a lot of it and they actually have like a little like memorial and things and they even have like a whole cafe like on the island that's dedicated to these people. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's like an, a known thing, but... And I did try to do it while we were there, but shortly after it took that turn, I kind of buried it Mm -hmm. for a long time. Just because it was such like a traumatic experience for me that I kind of just buried what happened. And again, that's why... I can talk about it now is because of psychedelics and things like that. It's like being able to get out of my own trauma and realize, wow, that was actually a pretty incredible experience. And that was a, it was a gift in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like who gets to see
0: firsthand that energy doesn't die. Like that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of incredible, right? It's very unique. Thank you so much for sharing that with all of us. I mean, of I'm course. I'm happy that you got out of that situation and you're doing so well and thriving and. Oh yeah, I married Prince Charming. Oh good. And
3: I got I got all my good. So yeah, I'm no, definitely man. thriving now. And Donna, uh, discount our our lovely gentleman beyond the grave. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, yes. I mean. <laughs> Kind of romantic in a way. Anyway, well, thank you. Thank you again.
3: Of course. Thank you.
0: All right. We're going to take a little bit of a break here. It is fall, and that means it's time to turn your style aspirations into your style reality because let's face it, I think fall is the best style aesthetic. I love putting together an amazing look from the boots to the accessories, to the bag, to the hat, the whole thing. I mean, I love the whole color palette. To me, it is just, it's everything. And vincecamuto.com is the one-stop shop for all of your fall style needs beyond having all of my favorite boots and booties. And they really have the best color choices. If you're looking for the perfect brown boot, if you want the black, even white as an option, I love a good white boot. They even have this amazing like blood red color that is fantastic if you want short, tall, like a chunky kind of combat Chelsea style boot, they have that and Vince Camuto also has amazing buttery soft handbags this incredible like suede saddle bag you have to check that out they have gorgeous fragrances cool apparel and jewelry That's perfect for any occasion dress up dress down and it's all at affordable prices so you're not going to break the bank we also love that <laughs> i don't know about you but it feels like it's never been a better time to shop money's always burning a hole in my pocket <laughs> but do yourself a favor Honestly, and just go over to VinceCommudo.com and check out their latest arrivals. You're not going to regret it. And while you're shopping, you should also sign up to be a VC, a VIP. It's a free membership and it gives you instant access to receive exclusive cashback offers, early notice of sales, and so much more. And just for signing up, you're going to receive 50 free VC VIP points to use on your next purchase. So an epic fall wardrobe, VC VIP membership, and free points, that is a win, win, win. So head over to vincecamuto.com to shop now. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get back to the show. All right. So this next story, like the worst kind, in my opinion, the scariest kind, because, you know, it's just you're chilling in your bedroom alone. And then you uh, have this dark, shadowy figure that paralyzes you in fear. And Rachel from Houston is here to tell her story of what happened to her. So, Rachel, thank you
2: for coming to tell your story. Hi, Katie. I'm so happy to be here, a little nervous, so <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm excited to share this story. Most of my friends and family know it, but yeah, I, I love sharing it. so figured why not? Let's hear it. Okay, so about two and a half years ago, I lived in the u k and I just finished university, and my dad let me know that my green card application had gone through. Did I want to go live in Houston? So I just kind of jumped on it was really last minute and then I decided to move out here. And at the time I didn't have like a job lined up or anything like that so I just lived in my dad's house and just so I can like save money but I also had a little bit of money saved up too and I just kind of wanted to have fun once I graduated I didn't want like that immediate pressure of you know getting a job. So yeah I stayed at my dad's house for a little bit and he lived in this beautiful four story townhome downtown Houston in the historic district which I actually think is kind of important to the story now, now that I mention it. So yeah, he lived there and me and my younger sister also lived there with him. And on this particular night, nothing really out of the ordinary. I was asleep in my bedroom, which is on the third floor across from my dad's room. And then my little sister was on the first floor. And then the second floor of the house would be the living area, dining and kitchen kind of open. And then the top floor is just like a balcony area. So on this night, I wake up, after falling asleep to Netflix on my laptop again, I wake up and feel something like vibrating in my head. Like, that's the only way I know how to describe it. Like I'm laying there and it's just, it's like not even vibrating. It's like faster than that. It's just like my head is buzzing like this. And I turn over to my right and I just have this really dark feeling kind of wash over me. that's the only real way I know how to describe it. And I look and my door is closed and there's a huge black figure standing there. And it's just standing, it's hovering almost. It didn't look like it had a face. it was just more of like an outline and it was vibrating in front of me and I was frozen in fear. I could barely move. All I could do was just sit there and panic and then about two seconds after that, it was probably. You know, less time than that just felt like forever. It felt like there was two women either side of my head and they were screaming. And the only way I can like describe it is, you know, on the Harry Potter episode, (laughs) the Harry Potter movie, not the episode, when Voldemort's voice kind of comes over in the castle and the the little girl screams and she like grabs her ears. That's like the high pitched scream that I heard. And it was like right here in both ears and I just, completely froze. Like I barely could move. I didn't know what to think. I just felt like something was wrong. Like that's all I could really identify that was going on. And then something like snapped me out of it really quickly and I jumped up and ran towards my door. And when I got there, the screaming stopped and the black figure had disappeared. So I run into my dad's room, which was right across the hall. And I obviously, I wake him up. I'm in hysterics. I'm crying. I'm hyperventilating. I can barely get words out to explain what happened. And I, you know, he's trying to console me, find out what exactly happened. So I tell him everything. I tell him the story and he just kind of looks at me and he says, yeah, you think you should call your sister? So, I called my younger sister, who um, the boyfriend that she had at the time, would stay at his house half the time and stay at my dad's house half the time, just kind of dependent on work and things like that. So I gave her a call. Now this is like four in the morning. She answers the phone, and I'm still obviously really upset, I'm crying, and you know, just trying to convey what happened to her in some sort of like you know sentence that would make sense because I'm just so upset. And she's like, okay, just come over to, you know, my ex-boyfriend's house. So I head over there. I drive there at like, it's now five in the morning. He lives like 20, 30 minutes away. I get to his house and I walk in and I, you know, I tell them again what had happened. And they're both just like sitting upright in bed, just looking at me like I'm, you know, crazy or something. And then they both turn around and kind of look at each other and look back at me. And Claire was like, okay, don't get scared. And I was like oh my goodness. Okay. I was like, why, what do I not to need to be scared about? And she said that two weeks before that, now the way my dad's house is set up, like I said, is her bedroom, bottom floor, living kitchen areas, middle floor, and then my rooms up there. And then the balcony at the top one night we were on the couch, just watching TV. And the way the couches were set up, were like, you know, L shape one's facing away from the stairwell. And one is kind of like running alongside it so it can like see up the stairwell. Um, My sister told me that night, which was about two weeks before, she had seen a figure just walking in front of my room and back again, just pacing backwards and forwards. And there's kind of a little bit of a backstory there too. My sister has like always been able to see things since she was (laughs) small. Like she'd go home after school and tell my mom about, things that she'd seen in the hallways and my mom's best friends also medium were kind of like all in this world, but yeah. Um, And she would tell her that, you know, your little sister has that ability to see things. So she had seen this a couple of weeks ago and never told me because I, you know, I get really freaked out. I can't even watch like paranormal activity. Like, I literally slept in my mom's bed for three weeks. I'm not even kidding. Like I was terrified. So yeah. So she tells me that she'd seen the, the figure pacing. And then I turned to her boyfriend because Claire was like, yeah, there's just like one more thing. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Okay. So I look at him and he tells me now he is also the most skeptical human being on the planet. Like he does not believe in the paranormal whatsoever. And neither does my dad really just me, my sister. And he tells me that night he was laying down and remember her rooms on the bottom floor. And he kept feeling like someone was sitting down to roll into bed. You know, when somebody gets in bed beside you, you kind of feel that bed go down just a small Mm -hmm. amount. That's what he said he kept feeling. He said on three different occasions, he turned over thinking that my sister was getting into bed and he was so confused. He thought he must be dreaming because they talked about it in the morning. She told him, don't say anything, but this is what you know. I saw outside Rachel's room. And he told her the thing that he'd seen and they were like, wait, that's so crazy. So there's definitely something in the house. So anyway, fast forward after that night, I was obviously petrified. I did not go back to my dad's house for I think almost six months after that. I moved in with my other sister. (laughs) She's married and has a house. So I moved in with her um, and my dad kept asking me to go back. He was like, just come home. Like, it's fine. We'll do whatever we need to make you comfortable. So I talked to my mom and my mom's friend back home in Scotland. And she told me the best thing to do was to get a medium out and have someone cleanse the house. So we did that and it was somebody that came well recommended to me because I asked around. I didn't want to just, because you never really know if you've never met them before or nobody's referring them to you. Like, how do you know how legit they are? So I hired this guy who came really well recommended me, my sister and my dad were all home one day and he came to my house, this townhouse, and he walked in and he said, I don't really want to know any details of the story. I just want to know who it happened to. And I said, me, and he said, okay. So he told us that he was going to be walking up and down the stairs. He'd also brought someone to help him, but I don't really know what his role was, but he brought someone to help him. They were lighting sage, And I want to say frankincense too, which I thought was kind of odd, but frankincense was the other one. And they were telling us that they were going to walk around the house and clear all the energy and talk to any spirit that they saw and ask them to leave so that we could live in peace. And we were just like, okay. And he said, I just need you guys to just sit in one room and just kind of wait and don't interrupt or anything like that. And he also said that sometimes he has had instances where he has to go outside to throw up because the energy is so bad. So if that happens, (laughs) don't follow him outside. So we were like, okay, that's fine. We won't follow you outside. So we go and sit on the second floor in the dining space. And we're just sitting there for maybe like 10, 15 minutes and he's just like making his way through the house. He starts downstairs, doesn't take him very long. Second level, not really very long. Now he goes up to the third level where my room is. We can hear him because we're directly below. We can hear him in my dad's room. He does his walk through there. doesn't seem to take too long. Now he goes in my room and he kind of like shuts the door and he's in there for maybe like, honestly, maybe like 10, 15 minutes. Like I'm not exaggerating how long it was. And he came back down the stairs and he looked and he knew it was either mine or my sister's room, but because I hadn't lived there very long. I didn't have any like pictures in my room or anything to distinguish that it was mine. So he came downstairs and he looked at me and he was like, is this is the room on the you know straight ahead when you go upstairs, is that your room? And I said, yeah. And he was like, are you struggling a lot with depression? And I just burst into tears because at the time I had just been recently diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So I was still just kind of like getting used to all that. But at the time I was really wasn't like a dark kind of space. So he's asked me and I burst into tears and said, yeah, why? And he said, your uh, grandfather, Arthur is um, watching over you, which is my dad's dad who died before I was born and said that he was watching over me, but there was, I know it was incredible, but there was something in my room and I asked him what it was and he, and I'll never forget this. He looked at me and he said, you don't name it, you don't claim it or you'll give life to it. So I just said, (laughs) okay, Yeah. It was incredible. So he finished clearing out, I guess the energy upstairs. And then he asked all three of us to go downstairs into the hallway of my dad's ground floor. So we go down there and he asked me to like, put my arms out kind of like in a T shape. So I put my arms out and he asked for permission to touch me. And I said, yeah. And then he said that because it was attached to me, he needed to cleanse my energy. So he puts his hands over my front and my back and he does like a whooshing motion almost in front of, me and behind me, but he also kind of makes that noise too. Like he's like, I can't believe I just did that, but yeah, that's what he does. Um, and he does that. And then I'm just kind of sitting there, like, it was weird, but like something felt lighter after he did it. And I've always been into spiritualism and things like that throughout my life. We've had a ton of experiences in the family, but I hadn't ever really felt that before, like that kind of light, airy way once he'd done that. And then he asked to do it on my dad and my sister. And they both said, yes, And this is the last thing that happened. And it was the strangest thing. And it sounds like total bullshit, but I promise I can get you in touch with my dad and my sister. They can verify. So at the end, my dad's standing in the hallway and he said that he sees a cat. He points to us and says, there's a cat that just walked in front of my dad's front door, which is a glass door. And he saw it throw up and then walk away. And he told the medium and he was like, that's usually animals do that when they're clearing out bad energy in the area or something like that because he could feel it from the house. I don't know, but that's Uh, what he told us. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that's basically it in a nutshell, but it's a, I know it sounds like the craziest story ever. And when I hear myself say it out loud, I don't even like, it doesn't even feel like it happened to me. I just know the story, you know?
0: I mean, that is so intense and like so creepy. The screaming in the ears, the vibrating in the head, the cats throwing up.
2: I know like that was, I didn't even think anything of it until my dad kind of said, and I was like, wait, he did say something about, you know, energy having to be regurgitated if it's like bad energy or,
0: you know. So the night that your sister saw the figure pacing in front of your door, that was a a previous night to your incident, correct? Yes.
2: Yes. That was, she said that was about two weeks before what had happened to me
0: but you hadn't felt anything or experienced anything prior to yours or not?
2: Um, I wouldn't say that, but the house itself just always had kind of like a weird energy in there. Like, I don't really know in particular what it was, you know, me and my sister just never really liked to be there. I only really liked staying the night there when she was there too, just kind of was like a comfort thing. Just, I don't know. The energy was off. My dad traveled a lot with work too. So it was mainly just me a lot of the time in the house. And that just made me feel creepier. And I used to always think to myself as well, I hate that I'm on the third floor because if I need to, you know, get out <laughs> really quickly, there's, I have to get down three flights of stairs. My sister's on the bottom floor. She can get, you know, out right there. And I'm just yeah. upstairs panicking.
0: Wow. Well, damn. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that story with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode.